We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. Stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other. Hold up each other's arms and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army. So we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go bride! Our soon coming king awaits. This is a WATV disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Let's go ahead and start all over and pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this beautiful day. And Lord, I pray that you lead me and guide me into all the truth and help me to present the word that you give me to give to your people and use me today, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, today, Bride, my sermon is called Choose Your Destiny. There's only two uh, roads that you can take. One is the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and the other is the tree of life. There's only two trees in the garden, Bride. And so we're going to choose which one of those trees uh, to participate with, okay? So um, let's go ahead and open up our Bibles. You know, we're going to, I'll read from the King James. So let's go ahead and open up uh, uh, in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to read verses 22 through 24. All right. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us. Now, this is after he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? To know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which took, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Okay, now we all know the story of the beginning of time. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them out of the dirt. 
So we're going to work out of my book today called Organic Christianity, Back to the Garden. And we're going to talk about your destiny in this hour, because raise your hand if you know that you are living in the last days. Okay, you know that you're living in the last days. So I want to encourage you today, Bride, that you are chosen for such a time as this. Okay, you are chosen for such a time as this. So God has a destiny for you. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. Okay. All right. Now, this is from my book, Organic Christianity, that I wrote back in 2016. So here we go. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I see all your different color hands. See, that is what is so amazing because God created every one of us different, didn't he, Brad? Okay, so we're going to study a minute on humans or trees. When God created man, he created them from the dust of the earth within the garden. He then breathed into man. We contain the breath of God. He designed us to be a replica of his image. This is a visual of how we are symbolically like trees in God's great garden. So how are we a tree? When God created man, he created them and placed them in the Garden of Eden. He created them out of the dust of the earth and breathed life into them out of his own breath. God plants. At mating time, the male will insert his seed into a woman. At conception and impregnation, the seed fertilizes the woman's egg, which then develops into a fetus inside her womb. Now, did you know this, Bride, that when a baby is inside a womb, that on the outside of it, it looks like um, it looks like a tree. The veins on the sack looks like a tree. So inside the womb is the baby. Thus, life begins at the moment of uh, conception. This seed is then embedded within a sack of water inside of a living tree. The growing plant inside the big tree feeds off of the adult tree and matures to full expectancy. While it is in the womb, it is attached to the tree of life. It receives its nourishment off of its creator. It is attached to the vine inside the mother's womb. Okay, uh, let's see. Inside the mother's womb and feeds off of the good tree. It is protected within the waters and wrapped in dirt. It is underneath the ground and struggling as it's growing to plunge through the earthly dirt and be revealed into the atmosphere. The environment of the mother tree will affect the little plant inside her. As it travels through the matrix and is exposed to the earthly realm, it is then subject to the environment and the surroundings. As the, as the young, well, first let me say this. Okay, so when the little plant comes through the matrix and it comes out of the sack, it breaks forth out of the sack. This tree is pushing through the dirt and now this little plant is forming. Now, when that plant, well, 
As the young plant comes through the birth canal, it is birthed into a new atmosphere of the garden and is released into the atmosphere outside of the womb. The tree is now birthed into the garden as a dead, dry tree. The only fruit that tree can bear is from its carnal nature. Its fruit is like a dried up raisin. When the plant enters the earth realm, it is still attached to the womb of the mother tree, or shall we say attached to the vine. Until the cord is severed, the child feeds off its mother. When the child is separated from its mother tree, it must survive in this unfamiliar atmosphere. This young baby plant at that point survives off of the mother's breast until it can be fed food from the earth. At this point, the tree is learning behaviors and patterns that the mother tree and the environment are training it to believe. Unless the parent trees or the environment guides that tree to God, it may not find its way to the creator unless someone else is praying for that tree. Most fruit trees cannot produce on their own. They must have other trees around them to pollinate. They need other trees around them to reproduce the fruit or otherwise it would just grow pretty flowers. Also, I learned in college that the prettier the flower, the more sexual it is. It is that pretty to attract the bees so that it can be pollinated. It's amazing how God created nature. Now, let me say something, Brad, about, uh, of course, when I wrote this was in 2016, so I had no idea what was coming in 2020. But now that I know this, that we need the other trees. You know, the Bible says in the last days for us to gather together, even more so in the last days. Do you think God knew that the beast system would be trying to set in and that the beast system would say, we don't want you gathering. We don't want you coming together. Because why, Brian? Because our fruit needs to grow off of other trees. The gathering together of his saints, see? Isn't that something? Uh, let's see. Until the tree connects with its creator, it may have all types of baggage. It may be wrecked with diseases, viruses, bumps, knots, bitter roots, etc. When that tree realizes the need for its creator, it submits its tree back to him and repents for the sin. So what the Lord showed me, bride, is a tree, whenever it is born into the earth, it is hollow. Because it is not created to, to, it's not connected to the creator. It's not connected to the vine that it was meant to be connected. See, when we come out of the matrix and we come into the earth, we're around this garden out here until we discover the, where our real garden is. Do you hear what I'm saying? The old mean garden that we're in right now wants to give you an identity. It wants to tell you, we want you to be like this. We will accept you if you be like this, okay? Which is like really sad when you think about the LGBT community because the world, this world, this, this matrix out here now celebrates the debauchery. 
They, they celebrate, you know, the sin against God. It, it, it's diametrically opposed to God's word. But God's world, his garden, is totally different than this garden here. Okay, so when salvation happens, okay, there's a very supernatural thing that happens. God showed me this in a dream. That when a tree walks around in the earth, it's a hollow old tree. And, you know, I just want to give you a few facts about the tree. Okay, before we get into salvation, there's a few facts that we need to know about. Let me find something to mark my place. All right, looky here. There is where, where did it go? <laughs> Got this book. It's pretty amazing because. God always does. Okay, here we go. You ready? This is on page 84 if you're looking at the book. Here are interesting facts about humans compared to trees. You ready? Okay, we are born from a seed. The seed goes back to the dirt and dies and then brings forth resurrection life. It must die to bring life. Isn't that amazing? So it's cultivated in the womb and water. It represents the rivers of living water. The seed is protected in those waters, warm and secure and grows and is refreshed. It is connected to the mother tree through the umbilical cord feeding off that tree. So it is born into a sin world and sin nature, thus making it a withered tree. The birthing pains are painful, birthing that tree into the earth in God's great garden. When delivered, everything that carried that tree, listen, bride, everything that carried that tree is discarded. Isn't that something? It is, everything uh, that carried that tree gets discarded out of the womb. Then the tree is restored. We have no. No nourishment except from worldly system, the law, and the adult caretaker. We are feeding off of what? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because Satan is the God of this world, and this world is ran by him. We are born into deceit. That's why the identity that Satan wants for humanity is based upon that reality. Okay, so when we are saved, our roots, the Lord showed me this in a dream, that is supernatural. Let me read it from the book because it probably will tell it better. Okay, salvation. Once a tree repents and humbles to the creator and accepts the sacrifice of Jesus for sins and angels. when God created the earth he separated the waters to make heaven in the beginning the waters were all one 
Isn't that amazing, Brad? God is the one who made the divide and separated them. Think about it. When it rains on the earth, it's water coming from the heavens. We are in between two water sources. So when our tree connects with the creator in the heavenly realm, our roots supernaturally connect to the rivers of living water. When our roots connect to the living waters, we supernaturally connect to the spiritual vine. Our tree comes alive and we are born into a new realm and reality. We step out of the natural realm of just in the dead, dry world, entering into a living water world in the spiritual realm, spiritual supernatural realm. Think about how the Bible says to let the rivers flow through us to the world. Have you ever thought about that, Brian? Sometimes you can look into someone's eyes and you can see that they're hollow and they're empty. You can see it. But other times you can look into someone's eyes and you can see the rivers. You can feel the and the anointing upon them. Let's go to John 15, 1 through 11. All right, let's go to John 15. All right, all right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right, 15. Here we go. Verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Well, that tells you right there, Brad. Jesus is the true vine. We connect to that heavenly vine. God is the gardener. Jesus is the vine and God is the gardener. God is the one that tends to our garden. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Say that again. It purges it so it can bring more fruit. Well, what do you mean by fruit, Dr. June? Well, I mean you're going to suffer. In Christianity, when you walk down the tree of life, that when you come out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, in the world that was designed about me, 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 it is a selfish world. It's my own identity. It's I'm in control of my destiny. I don't want to have to give my life to God. I want to live the worldly pleasures the way I want to. I want to be pleased by the world. I want the world to be pleased by me. It's a me, 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 selfish tree. When you get saved and you choose, it's a choice. It's a, it's a choice of your will. Uh, to give your life to the creator and you say, you know what? I'd rather have your identity. I want to live in your matrix. I want to live in your world. I want to live in your destiny and I want to be led by 
you. I want you, God, to tend my garden. I want you to take care of me. I want you to be my gardener. Jesus, you're my vine. You're my rock. You're the one that I hold on to. You're the one that keeps me stable. Remember my sermon a few weeks ago, right? That said, brace yourself. And when it was brace yourself, it means standing on the solid rock of Jesus. Okay, so let's continue here. So he purges it, which means what, Brad? He burns, he sifts, he tries, he tests, he corrects, he chastises. He purges it so it brings better. You know, when your children, you don't just let them kids get behind the wheel of a car at, uh, you know, they haven't been trained. They haven't been corrected. They haven't been taught. They haven't been mentored. You know, they, they're not ready, right? So that's what that means. God has tested you, tried you, purified you, set you up, you know, taught you. He has brought you through the school of hard knocks, basically. Why? Because he wants you to bring forth fruit and fruit that will remain. Okay, y'all on the chat, please stay focused on this sermon. On Sundays, please don't talk about focused on the message all right spoken abide in in jesus this is jesus talking it's in red it means that i'm no longer myself in you i am clothed in your righteousness i am clothed in you i am i am you know out of my destiny and into your destiny it's a big difference of being in him and in yourself so he says abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself Except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Raise your hand if you know Without him, we can do nothing. Raise your hand if you know that in the last days with things to come, you know that you cannot go through what we're about to go through without him. Raise your hand. We're going to have to in order to go through what we're about to go through. If a man abide, If a man abides not in me, He is cast forth as a branch and is withered. What did I say about the raisin? What did I say about the raisin? They're withered. They're dried up. An old tree, you know, dry and cracky. 
and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Remember what I told you, Brad. You will either burn on fire for God on the earth where he is burning you, testing you, trying you, sifting you, correcting you, chastising you, rebuking you, helping you. Okay? So he's either working on you and you're burning in the fire of affliction, you know, and you're persecuted. Why are you persecuted? Those that hate him will hate you. And they hate the name of Jesus. When they hate him, they're going to hate you, Brian. You are going to be persecuted, especially in these last days. And it's about to be elevated to a greater level. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Oh, come on now. So you're saying in the last days that we have authority to where we can ask and it shall be given unto us. If we ask you for a provision, it will be given unto us, Lord. Okay. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you shall be my disciples. So when you are bearing much fruit, God wants that fruit to be remaining, not temporary, but eternal fruit. Because remember, Bride, the dream that I told you about uh, the tree in the back of my house? I had a dream, in case you don't remember, okay? I had a dream that uh, I was in this brand new house that God had given me. And I was on the back porch and, and I knew in the dream that I had all these people from my house to show them the house that God had given me. And I walked on the back deck and I looked out the back door and there was a big tree in the back and it had 12 different kinds of fruit. And I looked out and I was like, wow, that is the coolest tree. And I wanted one of the fruits. So I went out there and I pulled off a banana and I started eating the banana. I was like, man, that is the best banana. And all of a sudden, another banana grew back on that tree. So I picked an apple and ate it. Another one grew on the tree. I picked another one, another one. Every time I touched it, the tree would automatically grow another one. Then the people in the house began to notice this beautiful tree in my backyard. So one of them hollered, I want a banana. So I very easily picked off to that person and then the tree I reached up pulled an apple it just pulled off very easy the tree grew another one and here's the thing the more that people asked for that fruit the bigger the tree got it just started growing the more I gave away to all the people the bigger the tree got so it got so tall, it started going up in the clouds. So I hollered, I need a banana. So the tree comes through the cloud and comes down and just lets me pick off a banana. 
So I picked off the banana. The tree grew another one and went right back up in the clouds. It was so big. And I would just, every time I needed it, the tree provided it. So the Lord let me know in that dream, that's how that is about our fruit. That tree in my backyard, bride, was me. That tree in the backyard was me. That was God wanting, letting me know he wants us to give away the fruit. Give it away. And then God will grow your tree. And it's very easy to reach up and grab that tree. Just grab it on the tree of life. All right, so here we go. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. What? You mean that's a requirement? That's what he's saying. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Okay, so let's go back to the garden here. Let's go back to this fruit. Because when it says, when we are saved, our roots supernaturally connect to rivers of living water, which is what Jesus. When God separated the waters is when we got saved, our roots connect to the heavenly flow. Then our tree flourishes. Our roots dig down into the rivers, nourishes our tree through the word and his presence. It's like being connected through the umbilical cord to the original creator. He is now our nourisher. He is the vine and we are the branches. God wants to talk to us like he did Adam and Eve in the garden. We are supernaturally back in the garden. His son Jesus shines on us and we need to be in his presence for growth. The sun is nourishment. It's photosynthesis supernaturally. Now what God showed me through another dream is how offense works. All right, here's another dream. Okay, there was a tree in this garden. All right. This tree was the only saved tree in the garden. So this tree was so big and fluffy and it was so happy and it had all these different fruits and all of the leaves were all fluffy and the tree was so happy all the time. The sun was shining down on the tree and the photosynthesis was happening because the rivers of living water that was flowing from underneath the tree came up the sun shined on it and all this fruit was coming out. Well, the other old trees in the garden, them old hollow evil trees got jealous. Jealous of that big happy tree being mean to that old tree. So one day in the dream, the tree was just like, la, 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 you know, like all happy in the garden. So all of a sudden, this arrow comes flying at the tree, and the arrow says, offense. So the tree looked at that arrow and said, I know what you're doing, and went just like this. I forgive, and pushed that limb back, that arrow back. 
So the arrow turns around and goes back where it comes from. So the tree goes back to la, 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 enjoying God and everything. And then all of a sudden the, the arrow comes back and this time it says big offense. It is huge. And the tree looked at that old arrow and that old arrow hurt to the somebody something horrible to that tree so that tree and it, this one hurt so bad this was the hugest biggest offense so that tree looked at that arrow and went like this right in the dream it went like, come on in. This one, this one hurts so bad. I, 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 I can't forgive on this one. The arrow, but now right behind the arrow, by the way, is Satan. Satan wants the tree's heart because the heart is the weapon. The love is the weapon. So when the tree says. I come on in. I, I I'm not forgetting this one. When it says that and it accepts the offense, that big arrow comes flying through the air and hits that tree right in the in the bark. And what it does, right, is it rolls the bark back and it exposes the heart. The devil is on the other side and he's over there laughing because now the heart is exposed. Now the heart is open for attack. So when the arrow come in, it hit the heart. And this arrow, this little black spirit come out of the bottom of the arrow. And it went down the tree, down the veins, all the way to where the rivers are flowing. Because see, God showed me in the dream that the rivers are like this. Our roots are very healthy and they're just flowing in the rivers. and. The waters are coming up very healthy through the tree and, and it's, you know, growing all this beautiful fruit. And, but when that black spirit went down to the root, it went like this, like say this is a root flowing. This black spirit went down like this and went clog. So now the rivers can't get in and it's going, you know, trying to get in. And then the spirit travels back up and goes in the heart and lodges in the heart. Now, God showed me this heart in the dream. See, in the dream, God showed me that when a heart is in repentance and the heart is, it makes it soft. Repentance makes the heart soft. So when the heart is soft and beautiful, it's pliable. It's teachable. And the heart looks like this, bride. It's beautiful, pink, and fleshy. And it looks like this, you know, beating, just very normal and healthy, okay? But when the spirit come in the heart, it went like this, jab, and then it starts slowing it down, and it makes it harder for the heart to pump. Because that first big offense opened up to all, you know, the heart, to the enemy, I saw in this dream all of these arrows, there was like a thousand arrows ready to pounce that tree. 
It's like that old devil was waiting on an opening to come in. And all of these arrows said, lying, stealing, uh, this and that, adultery, you know. It was like all of these different sins come through the first big gaping one. And then all of a sudden they started pouncing on that tree. It was going bam, 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 bam. And all of these arrows going down, clog, 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 to where now the tree is drying up and it's all shriveled. And the tree, there's no more water coming up and it's getting all shriveled and it's drying up. And the fruit starts falling off. The leaves are drying up and that tree gets all hard. Now see, before and the sun would shine on that tree, the tree loved it because the tree was so tree, it would just be so warming and inviting to the tree. But now that the tree started to get offended, he started closing up and getting hard. Then all of a sudden, now that sun is burning that dry tree because there's no water to refresh it and to nourish it. So the tree ends up walking out of the garden. It made a choice. I don't want to be in this garden anymore. This is how people backslide. And that tree chose to walk out of the garden. This, my friends, is my Snookums book. This dream I put into my Snookums book to teach children how to love and how the enemy comes in to try to bring offense to harden up that old tree and to cause it to where now it hates the sun. It hates anything to having to do with good. It wants away from the good. And it's because it opened up the gates. So if there's some of you out there and you're saying, man, I totally see that on my life. I see where I have opened up the gates and I just feel led to pray for you right now. So let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, I pray for my friends out there. And if there's any of them that has opened up their tree to offense, I pray, God, that you heal their tree. Lord, give. that hard rotten heart and that you would make that heart soft and pliable again Lord before your eyes restore unto your people Lord everything the devil has stolen from them every lie that they have believed Lord restore unto them bring them healing today in the name of Jesus healing where they have been offended healing where they've been traumatized healing where they have been impacted by COVID and, and their eyes saw too much and their ears heard too much and, and, and they've been devastated by what is happening and what is coming. I speak a refreshing to them right now in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Okay, so... Adam in a garden, remember, he died. 
I mean, Jesus, whenever he went down into hell, you know, when he died, he got the keys to life. And when Jesus come out of the tomb, guess what, bride? There is an, there is, uh, an angel there, remember? Okay, do you remember when we read in Genesis where God had assigned angels at the gate of the garden to not let the church back in the garden? Remember? Because of what? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, now when Jesus died, he come up out of hell and he walked right back in the garden. He had an angel there, walked right back in. Jesus gave us the keys, bride, back to the garden. This is what organic Christianity, back to the garden. We now have access to God. We now have relationship with God. We can now talk with him and walk with him. And we can, we, we can have relationship with him. He can clothe us. He can take care of us, you know? Okay, so uh, we were created from dirt like a plant. We were a flourishing tree from creation because Adam walked with God. When they ate of the wrong tree, which is the knowledge of good and evil, then their tree dried up and we became of the law, which by the way, bride, these people going back to the law, the Hebrew roots, all of that old law stuff, you're drying up. You're going back to the law. Be free in Jesus. Be free from all of that. We are in a new covenant. See, the New Apostolic Reformation, the NAR, they have been really pushing the Hebrew roots. They've been pushing everybody to be under rabbis. Ben, don't you realize that is Nar, bride? Jesus came to set us free from that. He came to set us free. We are free in him. Okay. As the earth, and we don't want our kids knowing it either, so we protect them from that knowledge. You know, there's a lot of knowledge out there, bride, we don't need to know. We don't need to know the exact details of gory things. We don't need to know, you know, the exact details of satanic ritual abuse. You hear what I'm saying? There is knowledge out there that is true, but it doesn't mean we need to hear it. You see what I mean? When Jesus came, he reconnected us to the vine and the rivers of living water. Now we ha all have access as we did in the Garden of Eden. God looks at us like a garden, like Solomon. Song of Solomon talks about. That's like God's love for us. He had to die on a tree to match his bride. God gave Jesus the bride, the trees in the garden. Isn't that beautiful? The roots flop around in the rivers, receiving nourishment. This keeps our hearts soft and clean before God. It allows us also to release to others that river of love, the Holy Ghost, etc. Offense is the number one tool the enemy uses to clog your roots and then pride. Offense and pride. Uh, which, by the way, a lot of people that get involved in the Hebrew roots movement, which is a lot of the NAR, they get very, very prideful because they think by the 
know everything. It's a root of pride. Okay, so if you don't protect your eye gate, ear gate, and mouth gate, it will clog our roots as well. So the roots are offense and sin. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I sneezed. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian, I sneezed right in the microphone. I'm sorry. Okay, so offense and sin, etc., will allow spirits to come in and clog our roots. It dries up the well so we can't receive. Then the spirit goes back up the vein into the heart and slows down the heart and makes it hard and separates it from God. Roots of bitterness, rotten roots, will prevent them from sloshing around in the freedom in the waters. Now, here, here's some things you need to know about the heart. You ready? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your heart is wicked. You cannot trust your heart. That's why these people that say, my heart tells me to love this man. No. You override your heart. You say, I am not committing adultery. The Bible says, I'll tell my heart, you shut up. You will not sin against God. You tell your heart, stop that. I will not do that. Because, Brian, there's a lot of people that justify in their mind any type of perversion. Remember, sin is based upon your own lust. So they convince in their mind, oh, I can be with that married man. I can live with this person outside of marriage. And they, they reason in their mind their righteousness. They, they reason, but really, if they keep that up long enough, they go over to a reprobate mind because they are in rebellion for so long. They're refusing to obey God and they're, they're reasoning in their mind. Oh, I have to stay here because I can't afford anywhere to live. I have to stay in this homosexual relationship because God understands and my heart says I have to. I have to do this. I have to do that. No, you don't. Those actions will send you to hell. That is the devil lying to you right now in the name of Jesus. I break every lie of the devil lying to people like this. I break every one of those sexual lies in the name of Jesus. You can make any excuse you want. We're not sleeping together, so it's okay. It doesn't matter. All appearances of evil. You know, you cannot do things that other people would look upon and see as evil. So no matter the excuse you got going on into life in the pits of hell, get out and run for your life. Because now you are at the rubber has met the road. You are at the end, people. There is no more time for excuses. Get out of that impure relationship. Stop justifying it and get your life with God. Because it's heaven or hell is on the line, Brad. And I'm saying this in love. Because I know, I, I even told y'all, Brad, months ago that a lot of people are uh, resorting back to their old patterns. So they're going back to the bar scene and they're drinking. Alleviate our suffering. Calling the old boyfriend. Going back to having sex. Uh, you know, going back to your lazy 
lesbian partner, your homosexual partner. You know, it's these, it's because the, the, the traumatizing world that we're living in right now is causing people to want to, to reach out for that salvation other than Jesus. And say, I'm telling you, Bride, that Jesus is the only way. And his road is the narrow way. And his road is a road of holiness. The devil is lying to you. You cannot live with somebody. Do it. You cannot live with somebody and have it appear as a homosexual relationship. You cannot... Did you know that you can have soul ties with people, ungodly soul ties with people that is not godly, where you can have affections for one another like a marriage that is ungodly soul tie? Get out of that thing. If you are single, God is the one that is to be your husband. I don't care if you're living with a woman or a man. You cannot depend on them to provide for you. You cannot depend on them to take care of you. You cannot depend. You need to depend upon God. Now, I know that there are extenuating circumstances. Don't get me wrong. But I'm talking about people that they know and they have reasoned within their self why they have to have this idol before God. That's an idol. Anything that you lean upon to take care of you more than God is an idol. You've got to tear that idol down and know that God is going to be your provider. Because you know what? The beast is here. And he knows you. He knows me. And so he is going to use all this against you. So you need to, you need to cut that thing off now. Cut the head off the snake and run for your life. You need to be... Uh, right how before God and man. And the way that you're right before God and man is this. It's called organic Christianity. You have to uh, have a, you know, right standing before God. You know, people have asked me, well, you know, I can, I can live with somebody outside of marriage because, you know, uh, we just said it before God. You know, that we accept each other as husband and wife or wife and wife or husband and husband. No, people. You have to do things right before God and man. You can. And another thing, God does not do anything in secret. God is holy. And, you know, when God does things, it's beautiful and it is blessed. And it. To others, it is not ripping families apart to be with this person. It's not ripping relationships, person. It's not harming other children when you take their parents away from them. I went down that road, but it's obviously going to minister to somebody. All right, so let's continue here. Oh, okay. So I was saying that because of the heart. Because, see, the heart is wicked, and the heart will tell you it's okay to do all this because you love them. Well, you can have an ungodly love, an ungodly soul tie. Because if you're making decisions with that person that you're with, whether it's the same sex or not, and you're affecting other lives because of it, then something's wrong there.
you need to go back into the prayer closet and you need to get before God because God does not do that. God is holy. God does everything in the light. He blesses people and the people around it will be blessed. All right, let's continue. Okay, so wicked and you cannot trust it. And demons reside inside the heart. Try to guide it. Do you understand that, Brad? When you let, like, say you filling yourself with lust and you're watching, you know, porno, those demons that you open the door to will want to feed on that. They will open the door to a later sin. See, that's like if somebody was to come to the door and they used to offer me drugs right now, they wouldn't do a thing to me because it's never been a temptation. But for some people, though, it would be a terrible temptation. You see what I mean? Because of the past or because they've already been tempting in that sin. You see what I mean? Okay. The Holy Spirit can search a man's heart. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is a searcher of man's heart. And oftentimes when I pray for people, I pray like this. I'm like, God, I pray that you search through their heart and you reach down in there and pull that mess out, pull it out. Because people are hurting, Brad, and they, they have deep roots of, of hurt and pain. So the Holy Spirit, though, can search that. So in your prayer closet and, and you question what you're doing, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Search my heart and show me if what I'm doing is wrong. Show me. God judges the heart because, oh, another thing about uh, show me. See, God gives us a circle of people for a reason. Your family members, your loved ones and whatnot. This circle keeps their eye on you because a lot of times we will get off into sin and we justify ourselves. And the family members are like, your circle will see. Warning, warning, this is not right. They will warn you. God will use other people to warn you and tell you, you know, look, sis, that's not good what you're doing, you know. And God will use them to tell you, you know. So uh, he does that because he wants you to repent. Maybe you're too stubborn and you're not listening, okay? So you will change you from that point. Okay, so God judges the heart because only he can see it. The truth to God, the heart is exposed. In other words, we can hide behind our shell to other people, but God always knows. Just as there are 18 different types of fruit, there are many different types of humans. We are many colors, shapes, sizes, etc. This reveals in a small part how big and vast our God is. God cannot be contained within a box or be limited to all of us. We are a composite of God who made us. One time I preached in a men's prison and I asked each nationality because see, God gave me a dream and told me how to do this so that when I went to the prison, there was like 200 prisoners there. So 
I asked each nationality to represent their race and come up front whenever I said so. So I was preaching about trees and how they're all unique in God's eyes. I explained that trees do not have a choice where they're planted or the environment that they're planted in. But they are still planted on this earth for a reason. And Brian, did you know that trees do not have a choice of what color their bark is? Some trees just have darker bark than others. Some trees have knots in it. Some trees are short and some are tall. Some are skinny and some are fat. Some have missing bark. Some have no bark. Some have half bark. Some have missing leaves. Some have long leaves. Some have short leaves. Leaves with spots on it. Some has missing leaves. Some has all branches. Some have parts of branches. You know, but all trees are. So I explained that the trees do not have a choice where they were planted or the environment they're planted in, but they are still planted on this earth for a reason. Well, when it came time to call them up front, they proudly lined up from one side of the chapel to the other. They faced the other prisoners as I walked to the back of the room and I stood in between the other prisoners in the back. Who was sitting down and I said, okay, all you men, I want you to pay attention to all the different colors of bark up there. I want you to pay attention to all the different types of shapes of heads. I want you to look at all of their leaves on their trees. I want you to look at how tall and how short they are. I want you all to notice the different types of trees that God created. And then I paused for a minute and I said, I said, I want you to look at every one of them. There's probably 30 men up there. I said, I want you to look at every one of them trees. I said, now you see God. Now you see God. God is not red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. So, only we as humans try to put God in a box and we try to say that he looks a certain way, but we are all created in the image of God. Then I instructed the crowd to stand when their respective nationality was called out. I held the microphone to the first man and said, what nation do you represent, sir? He said, I'm Cherokee Indian. Then all the Cherokees in the crowd stood up and shouted. And each nationality was very proud to represent their nationality. So during the altar call, they all lined up from the front of the room to the back of the church for me to pray with them. Bride, I knew I only had five minutes to pray for probably a hundred and something people. So I knew when they come up it'd be you know five ten seconds each one so the first man the first man looked at me and said my tree has been bad 
So I put my hands on his forehead and I said, devil, come out in the name of Jesus. So he walked off. The next one come up and said, my tree has demons. Devil, come out. The next one would come up. My tree is empty. Repeat after me. And the tree got saved. My tree is sick. They got the point that they are trees in God's great garden. And that every tree is beautiful before his eyes no matter what that tree looks like and no matter what the history of that tree is so i pulled let's see as each one approached me they all recognized that their trees were unique and needed healing so that they could all bear fruit for god now see they knew that they needed to be healed. They knew that their trees were not pure. See, God wants our tree bride to be pure. He wants our tree to represent the kingdom of God. And remember what I told you, bride, about the way Brock taught me. I've got to give him credit for this because it really changed my life about the way that I see evangelism. Because we are trees and we're now in God's great garden. So we're like the Chronicles of Narnia. We're in a world that other people don't see. That's why we know that God says that we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We know that we have an identity that the world does not understand. Because we walk in a world that they cannot see. We are aliens in this natural world that Satan does own for a certain time. We walk in a spiritual realm that they know not of. That's why the Bible says, do not cast your pearls before the swine, because they don't hear the heavenly tone. They don't hear our creator like we do. They don't know him. The Bible says there'll be a lot of people that cast out demons and standing before God and he'll say depart from me I never knew it reminds me it's called up in the law that they can't even they can't even see sin right before them they cannot evil has lied to them by the law that's going to send them to hell so they need to be set free Because God wants us walking what? Organic Christianity back in his garden. This garden is going to be the tree of life. This garden is going to cost us everything. It's going to cost us our identity. It's going to cost us our reputation. It's going to cost us our life. And so now that we have come to the end of time, Now we know that in the beginning of mankind, in the beginning of time, Adam and Eve was the first men and women, right? So Adam and Eve chose the wrong tree. They chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They made that choice, which opened up the door to humanity of sin. So then when Jesus came, when Jesus came, he said, I'm going to help the last generation 
So I am going to be that lamb that was slain. I am going to indwell you and help you to overcome. Because the Bible says that in the last days, it will be the overcomers that make it. But what did we read in the word, bride? We cannot do anything without the Lord. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. My commandments is do not have sexual improprieties. Do not have all these idols, you know. So now that we're at the end of time, now that we are closing this book, we are here in the last days. This is it. We are closing this book. I told you before, Brian, but we are the generation that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abraham, David, Samuel, Samson, all of them are going to be sitting down with us in heaven and saying, how did you do it? You lived with Satan himself in the last days. You went execution that I can't even imagine. And we're going to be able to tell them because Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he indwelled us, filled us with the Holy Ghost so that we could finish our race with grace. Now, we are at this point now, Brad, every one of you, whether you are ugly, beautiful, skinny, fat, rich, poor, homeless, or have a home, uh, white, black, red, yellow, no matter what your tree looks like, God has called you to this earth for such a time as this. Only you are the ones that make a choice of whether that life is wasted or whether that life is able to be used for God until the bitter end. So for this generation, for us to finish this book, it is going to require a different action than what the first humanity did when they chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Our reaction is to choose the tree of life. And the way that we choose the tree of life is we choose Jesus. We choose Jesus to marry him. See, I've told you, Brian, that through the mark of the beast, through what they're doing now, Satan, Lucifer, is wanting to marry you. He is wanting total possession of you. He is wanting to what, Brian? Take care of you, clothe you, provide for you, uh, give you medicine. He is wanting to uh, consume you. He is wanting to basically be your husband. Because he wants to come inside of you with this technology. Remember I told you the Internet of Things, which is what? The Internet of Things is the name of the beast. The beast is AI. The beast is this Internet system, this infrastructure that is set up, and the Internet <coughs> Excuse me. The Internet of Things is what it is called when everything is connected. So now they have labeled a term, Brad, called Internet of Bodies. 
They are wanting the bodies to be married to the beast. They are wanting technology to come inside of you so now they can surveillance you and connect you to the grid. They want you to be a part of the matrix of this new world order that they are creating. So the true bride knows that she has been bought with a price. She is with her creator swimming in the garden and she knows she cannot sell her soul, keep herself unspotted from the world. How does she keep herself unspotted? She does not allow technology to come in her body. She doesn't allow Satan to come in and to move around her. He, okay, just think about this, bride. When you are married, okay, y'all know my ministry is we are the bride ministries. God has given me this revelation that we are the bride. We have been bought with a price. In the Jewish custom, whenever a, a man wants to marry a woman, he has to go to the father and get permission. He has to give a dowry and there has to be a time. And he basically buys her from the father. Jesus bought us with a price, which was his life. He gave up everything for us. We are no longer our own. This is why we can't just sleep around. We do inappropriate so living a lifestyle that cannot be evil spoken of. So we cannot be involved in. And so in the end, now the time has come that the bride is going to be given over to the beast. It's what the word. Now we have a choice to make. We're at a crossroad because probably this week the vaccine will be out. And many people are having issues how they're going to handle this. So the rubber bride has met the road. Okay. In the end, we are closing out the book. We are your bride. We're keeping our lamps full. We will not be tainted. We will not partner with the beast. We will not bow to Baal. We will not bow to Baal. We would rather be homeless on the streets than to be living in sin and dishonoring God and dishonoring our family. No, we would rather... God with our lives. And so that bride is what organic Christianity is. Choose this day who you will serve. Okay? So we will have to choose our destiny. So I wrote here on my notes when I was taking notes about this sermon. Okay, so here's my little graph I drew. This is funny. You can see the two little trees. Okay, so the tree of knowledge of good and evil is the I want. Okay? 
So in the beginning, man chose this tree. This fly, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Okay, so in the beginning, God, man chose this tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It satisfies self to the flesh, satisfies self and did not require suffering to the flesh. This road is and leads to death. It opened the door to sin and separation from God. Now, the tree of life, you notice my little man, the little tree of life has the nails in the hand. In the end is where you come in. You, all the time is this, bride. Okay? You were born for this time. We do not fear this tree dies we have to die to ourselves and die to our pleasures and our wants like that it accepts Jesus's destiny and chooses to lend its branches this generation knows this time so let me tell you something Brad Remember that sermon I preached a couple of weeks ago that said the door is shutting in the ark. We are the generation. It's about done. Brad. The door is shutting on the ark. You need to get in safely. And God shuts the door. Time will be done. So we need to examine our hearts and ask the Lord to give us the strength and the grace to grab the tree of life here at the end. Okay, so let's all pray. Let's bow our head. Lord, we just come before you and we thank you so much, Lord, for this sermon today. We thank you for speaking to us about the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Lord, we recognize and we know that Adam and Eve, our ancestors, that they chose the wrong tree. Lord, we know that Jesus died on the cross for us and he opened the door to give us access to the tree of life. So Lord, we pray that you give us the grace to choose the tree of life in this hour, Lord. We thank you and give you honor and glory today, Lord. And I pray for all of my friends out there if they do not know you, I pray that they will give their tree over to you. Okay, bride, y'all bow your heads. And if any of you do not know the creator, this is the perfect opportunity because we're going to make that right today. Okay, so just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you're my creator. So I am choosing today to give you my life. I give you my old self. And I accept the image you have for me. Please forgive me for all of my sins. And Holy Spirit, fill me with the Holy Ghost. 
and show the things that I need to correct, that I need to get in alignment with you. Give me grace to choose the tree of life in this hour. I accept what you did for me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bride, listen. I pray that God will give you the grace to be an overcomer in those areas of inappropriate relationships, ungodly soul ties, so that you can be right in God's eyes and have, you know, uh, a good standing before God and man and where God can be lifted up and everyone around you can be blessed by your life. So, uh, I guess that's all I have, Brian. Thank you for being with me today. And I pray that y'all have a blessed day. God bless. Oh, let me see. Mrs. J, you're not getting notifications. Oh, Miss Laura says, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I shall not be. I shall not be moved just like a tree planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. Oh, that's awesome, Miss Heather. Well, Dana, this book is a twin book. Uh, and I, I was going to tell y'all, we're having a sale tomorrow for Cyber Monday. You can get this book and the twin book. Uh, basically, buy one, get one free, because tomorrow you can get it for $20. Uh, and also, we're having for Cyber Monday all of my books for $100. They've never been that cheap. All 10 books in a package deal for $100 tomorrow, just tomorrow. And the American Quad books, the four newest books that I wrote, uh, the American Quad is only $40. So you can get both of the twin books that were written together and released together tomorrow only for those cheap prices. <laughs> so you can get them. This uh, or Christianity based to the garden and clarion call to unity uh, on gotreehouse.org oh thank you miss dolly hey darlene oh well darlene thank you for coming and helping me in the office yesterday thank you thank you oh you too miss tammy Oh, Miriam, that's sad. Thank you, Christy. Yes, Lord. <laughs> 
Thank you. Uh, thanks to Miss Jane that bought me these glasses. Yes, look, Lumberjack says, we who are overcomers in the last days will be given the tree of life. What a beautiful promise. From yes. Thank you, mighty God, if you to Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to tell y'all, you know, talking about being homeless by standing up for what is right and a pure life. Let me tell you something. God will honor you. If you choose to honor God and to live holy and righteous, God will honor you. He will take care of you, bride. He is your husband. Do you understand this? He knows you got to have a place to live. God is going to take care of you. It's. Let me tell you a quick story. My mother was an alcoholic. She's already passed away. She died in 2007. She lived with a man for 10 years and he would not marry for him she worked her butt off like 60 hours a week he only paid her 300 a week which back then was a lot of money but still for 60 hours you know and so uh, whenever I started going to church the devil told her if you start going to church he was very wealthy you know he uh used to they used to travel in the motorhome and everything and she was driving a brand new cadillac and whatnot so he told her the devil told her said if you give your life to god you will lose everything and be homeless and it used to scare her so bad and she would keep on drinking and keep living her life well one day i was having a revival at my church and I invited her. I'm like, Mom, please come. This preacher is so good. And so she's like, all right, so I'll go that Sunday. Well, the next morning she woke up and started drinking. So she drank all day and got drunk and didn't go. So she was so embarrassed about what she did that the next morning she got up because the revival went on all week. The next morning she got up and she went into work at 4 o'clock in the morning to work in the deli. And she went in there and she prayed and she said, God, you know how I am about drinking. So if you will help me not to drink today, I will go to church with June tonight. God took that desire out of her. She went to church that night and surprised me. And Brad, I just want to cry because she said when she walked in, something grabbed her chest and it was so heavy. And in the altar call, because he preached on the tree of life, when he had the altar call, she held on to that so tight. Her 
going down there. I, she let go of that pew and walked down there and screamed. She walked down there and screamed and gave her life to God. And she repented. Said all that heaviness that was on her chest was gone. And God healed her of her alcoholism. And the next night, he healed her of her smoking. She used to smoke. And she told that boyfriend, she told him for like two months. She said, when I go to church, I'm telling you right now, if I ever go to church, I'm moving out of here immediately. I will not live with you and be going to church. So he didn't believe her. So when she went to church, that Saturday, she was gone. She left him and didn't show up to work. And so he, he had people call him on that Saturday. Why is the store not open? He goes, what? It was already like nine or 10 and it was open at four o'clock in the morning. He goes, you mean she's not there? He said, no. So he called her. He said, where are you at? And she said, I told you. When I got saved, I'm not, I'm leaving and I'm officially gone. You know, God honored my mother. He did. And she, she ended up, uh, he'd come back and said he wanted to marry. It's a long story, but the point is that old devil will tell you if you, if you live righteously before God, you will lose everything. And he even told me that. Remember my story, testimony of the broken bride, Jesus is the true husband. This is the very, that was the woman at the well. That old devil told me, you will not be able to live. You will not be able to live without a man because you will be homeless and desolate. And look, bride, 20 years, 20 years. The Lord has taken care of me very nicely. He is my everything now. So I'm telling you because the Lord has brought me through this, that he can be your husband. I believe honestly, truly, 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 I believe this is what my ministry is in the last days, is to encourage you, break off from the matrix. Break off from that codependency of the government. Feed me, take care of me, clothe me, medicine me. I need you, I need you, I can't survive without you, government. You're going to have to rely on the Lord. No, no matter what, you're going to have to put the rubber to the road and say, you know what, you're either God in my life or you're not. And that's where we're at. Because the beast is going to use that dependency, that umbilical cord, and he is going to use that and even lure you and tempt you even more. We'll give you more money. We'll rid you of all your debts. We will bless you tremendously if you come over here on our side. I'm telling you, Brad, the rubber has hit the road. You're going to have to set in your heart that you will do anything to live holy before God. All right, Brad, well, I'm going to get off here. Treehouse Publishers presents author and White House correspondent Dr. June Knight has published 10 books. As she traveled the country in obedience to God-serving ministries, her books 
books are about the Bride of Christ. Preparing the Church for the End of Days, Persecution, Purity, and Spiritual Warfare. She even wrote a book revealing the pain and struggles of her own life called Testimony of a Broken Bride Jesus is the True Husband. Her books hope to help families make right decisions in the coming days about the mark of the beast and to choose Jesus over the beast system. Dr. June released four books this year about current day situations such as Judgment, Technology, Tribulation Days and more. These four books released in April of 2020 after she left the White House and exposes what she knows about President Trump and the Antichrist agenda. These books reveal apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment and it's for the harvest. Dr. June reveals the great divide in the church in this hour due to the great deception. She explains what is the ecumenical movement, new apostolic reformation, and false religions, exposes the one world religion agenda, Dr. June exposes the new world order and satanic agenda, this book exposes the lie of the new apostolic reformation evangelicals who have surrounded the president and is partnering with the beast system. This book chronicles 40 days of repentance and casting down 40 idols in our nation and church. This book reveals the biblical pattern of judgment and the current judgment. What is the pattern of God's judgment? Why does he judge? What is my role in this? This book discusses now that we know apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment where do we go from here? How do we prepare? What do we look for? What about technology? the human implantation chip, etc. So purchase the American pot books today before they shut them down. Be alert. Be informed. Be equipped for the war ahead. Or go to www.gotreehouse.org and purchase all 10 of Dr. June's books today on sale. If you are interested in writing a book please go to treehousepublishers.com. Thank you.